You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and A133 large diaphragm studio condenser microphones at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. Have you noticed that all good things come in threes? XLR, AES, meat, cheese, and tortillas, Michael Lawrence, Chris Leonard, and Kyle Chernside, and now the Allen and Heath AHM Matrix family, AHM 64, AHM 32, and AHM 16. 96 kilohertz FPGA powered sonic powerhouses for projects of all sizes. Who says matrices have to be boring? Not us. We've never said that. Kyle said it once, but we proved him wrong. Check them out today. Welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. I'm Chris Slinner, joined by Kyle Chernside, Sam Boone, and Michael the Handsome. How's it going, guys? Hell yeah. How's it going? Hello. Kyle, you're uh you're you're in a different place. I'm on tour. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is it 1999? What's uh, <laughs> I know. Is the follow-up uh, boy reunion I, tour? What's happening here? No, I just I made a phone call. He was like, "Do you want to go on tour?" I said, "No." He said, "Someone's going to call you tomorrow," and I was on a plane to Lidditz. <laughs> and uh, now I'm in South Carolina finishing up some rehearsals to start uh, with a band called the Zach Brown Band. And uh, I'm SE crew chief, I guess. And uh, yeah, that I. I got a I got a job. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. It's uh, hey, mom. I got a job. Yeah, it's been it's been exciting to see how quick that all came together, and and our our group text has been on fire for the past couple of days as things have evolved. It's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, super grateful. Like this is uh, I've been I've been leaning on all three of you around me, and it's been. It's been a whirlwind of confidence building to this point. Our first show is Friday. Uh, when this episode comes out, I guess it'll be. I've, I've, I've already been done. This I'm living in the future right As now. As we typically so. do. Um, so uh, I I had a road trip because I went on vacation last week, and I got to thinking while on this said road trip. Uh, we typically do a food question at the end, but I'm going to start one off. So, um, Kyle. Ooh, switching yeah. it up, Kyle. If you're if you have to do like a long ass drive, we're talking, you know, six, eight, ten plus hours. What is your go to snack? And it could be two. There could be a Ooh. salty and a sweet. But like, I, I and I have two, and I'll wait till the end. But what what's your go to? You got to stop at you know Wawa Sheets wherever you're going and and grab something and go. What, what's your snack? Um, I usually gravitate towards. Uh, some kind of sour gummy, probably gummy worms, or if they have Haribo, oh, yeah. like uh, Haribo gummy is really good. And then I have to go with the chocolate for a sweet. Usually it's like a Twix or a Take Five, possibly. Sometimes I'll treat myself and think I'm fancy and have a Score or a Heath bar. <laughs> so you, you don't you don't do a salty, you know, chips, no pretzels, nothing, and that it, it, it's it's just all all sweet. No. All right. Sweets, man. Uh, I mean, you got the sour and the sweet. I guess 
you know, you got to have the fruity and the chocolate. You know, that's kind of a sour gotcha. sweet, I guess you would Sam. say. Uh, I do pistachios, like those salted pistachios and Rice Krispie treats. I absolutely love them and would probably eat my body weight in them if I could. Nice. If if here here's a tip: if you go to the gym and you work out, have a Rice Krispie treat. It will increase your pump because of the sugar and the carbs involved in it. So if you're you're looking, you want to look wrecked and all just strayated and ripped. <laughs> Smash a Rice Krispie <laughs> treat before your workout. Nice. Strayated. So the, the word for today will be strayated. Well, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. And, and for those who didn't recognize the voice, I'll, I'll intro you now, and then we can circle back. But Brian Maddox, welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks, thanks for thanks for having me. Sorry, I I know I was supposed to wait until the intro, but I was like strayated. Okay. I'm sorry, I can't let it, that go. Come on, like that's totally fine. That's the, well, word, that's the word for the for the for the pod. I mean, come on. Yeah. Strayated. If you're, you know, when you're when you're going to the gym and you want to get strayated, Rice Krispie. I, yes. I got it now. Like that was you that's always been my Mash goal. It. Was I want to get strayated? At so yes. Nice. Rice well, uh, well, then Brian, what is your go-to road snack? Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me. Um, I think you know it's like I don't really do sweets, especially like on the road. And then I'm afraid, like if I if I eat too much salty. Then I have to like drink a bunch of water mm-hmm. and then I have to like stop every 37 minutes to pee because, <laughs> and this is just a, just a hint. I am actually older than Kyle. Whoa. I know that's hard to yeah. say because it's like, you know, believe it or not, you can live to be older than Kyle. It's, it can happen. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I probably would go with like, like jerky or something like that. Like, that's you know, one. like a good, like protein kind of thing Yeah, and, you know, boring, but, but good. And, and you can get striated, stri- striated yes. on, on that much protein. Striated. So striated. striated. Look it up. Stri- <laughs> Michael, straight hated, and, and that's the goal. Know. Michael, what's your what's your go to? Oh man, you know this is a really tough one for me <laughs> for a lot of reasons. So hard, hard hitting questions here at the top of the podcast. Yeah. It, it is. I've been thinking about it since you brought it up, and I like literally have not settled on an answer at all. Still, I really like Snickers, Reese's, Butterfingers. And if you want to talk about sweet, those are like my my holy trinity right there. Um, it's good, but. Honestly, and this sort of doubles his arm's reach, I picked up a uh, half gallon of Langer's Apple Kiwi Strawberry Juice, and I'm really into, like, getting a good, like, sweet fruit juice type of thing for the car, you know? And it does it does raise the uh, the complications that, that Brian pointed out. Um, <laughs> complications. However, <laughs> I think it's worth it. You know, I'm, I'm, really into, I'm really into, like, juices in general. Nice. Maybe that'll be like a, a you know another yeah. career for me. Like in the next phase of my career, I'll turn into some sort of juice or vendor or something. Yeah. In world it makes salsa, you can make juice. That's right. Yeah. Um. There so my my go to go to I have two. So my salty would be Chex Mix. Um. The the bowl. The uh, oh. the one that has the um. Um, the Worcestershire sauce in it, that, that one, like I can just, just snack a snack a snack. And I know that carb overload is not good for you, but whatever, none of this is good for you. So, um, and then Twizzlers would be my, my sweet go-to. So between, between those two, um, so, um, real quick, Sam, you are on your internal mic. It's not that big of a deal, but I don't know if you can switch it or not, but anyway, um, Brian, let's, let's, uh, God damn it, Sam. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, for 
I'm going to venture to guess that. I have to leave and come back. Ah, uh, whatever. Just roll with it. It is what it is. It's all good. I can't. I, I've done it before. Yeah, it's Kyle's done times. it like, like right now. <laughs> Kyle's <laughs> doing it right now. It's all good. Also, um, right now. Uh, Sometimes I don't come back. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I'm just like fuck this. I'm going to go hang out with Kemper and my lady, and we're out. So a fair amount of our listeners, Brian, probably know who you are. Um, but well, I find th- that I find that extremely hard to believe. No, but I, okay, yeah, maybe no, maybe my no. my brother from another mother with a misspelled name, Brad, oh, Brad Maddox, you might yeah, know, Brad, but I don't yeah. think you know me. Uh, completely <laughs> different Maddox. Just for the it's all good. Uh, um, no, no, you're pretty you're pretty active in the social media community. Nice. I mean, I'm sure Chris is going to get to actually. It, I, I would say I, I'll. Uh, Brian, you actually have been very active for years on the Proton Web forum. Yeah, that, uh, is, that is true. Like you know, and which is which is how I I, I know Michael from. Uh, you know, I, I knew Michael online for years and years without having the slightest idea what he looked like until I think, like I watched the, the Signal to Noise podcast or I saw a picture on. Yeah, what's something my or is my avatar like a bird? It's like yeah, it's, it's my parrot. Yeah, yeah, right? no, it's so like, you thought I was just a giant fucking green parrot well, that would go on and talk about? I, the town? I mean, there's still the jury's still out. Uh, you know, and there's a certain <laughs> amount of, of resemblance there, but yeah, no, it's, but I've had that happen with several of the, the, the folks on pro sound web. It's like, I, I know these people really well. And then through weird combinations, I actually end up meeting them in person. And it's like, well, this both is cool, but also super weird. Cause you don't look like what I expected you to look like, <laughs> um, oh, you know, so let's talk about that more. What it, can you give me some references? <laughs> well, like what you had in your well, head. Well, so so like, so I I, I I don't know where it, where the, well okay so on the positive side probably some of this is you know and this sounds like it's like buttering up the host but like you know for one thing Michael's been on there for a while and from where I'm sitting right here he looks like he's about 22 years old so he clearly started <laughs> I, it's when he was because I 10. trimmed my bangs today yes, Brian yes. I trimmed my bangs it brought a youthful affect to my face uh, so but and there's also just something about the name like <laughs> Michael Lawrence. Like I just had this like picture in my brain of somebody who looked way more like me and way less like you, like, you know, <laughs> been in the business for like 30 years, you know, looking a little grizzled, looking a little whatever. And so like, yeah, yeah. When I f- first saw you in person, I was like, this guy's um, very handsome. In fact, I was thinking, you know, he should Hi. go by, he should go by Michael the Handsome. That's what he should go with. So I think this is a good. I'm move here one. for you. Really, yeah. is what this is. Yeah, I think you've gone in a right in a good direction. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't going to show up tonight, but they said you were coming on, so I said, "All right, I'll." I'll I don't I'll believe that, come. but so I'm, I'm, I'm here. But I'm, I'm here for I'm, you. I'm just going to go with it. So, like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> well, all right. So here's. I, I know that Chris has some stuff he was gearing up to, to rock. Well, out I'll, there, I just, Brian, I just want to give people context real quick on his background. And then you yeah, get your question. Okay. So, um, good call. So sit back, relax. I got a six page resume that Brian <laughs> sent over. I'm going to read through it uh, verbatim. No. Oh um, my God. Just, no, please. No. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I mean, primarily, uh, uh, corporate work, broadcast work, um, comms, bro, you know, uh, things, things like that. Uh, obviously uh, mixed in that becomes, uh, some, some rock and roll, obviously it mixed in, but it's primarily a corporate centric uh work base um and that's that's kind of how brian and i know each other um and so we, we can go from it but just that's the context of 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 your of your background oh my god i sound boring i didn't realize i sounded that boring well, I, I, I didn't want to really, read i mean i could read like, all this you know yeah, like, no no yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no no please no no he said like do you have do you have like some kind of i'm like uh, the first thing i popped up was like it goes 
okay, when you've been doing this for like 30 years, there's a lot of names that pop yeah. up, especially like the first decade of my career was kind of local sound company stuff, which meant lots and lots of like, you know, acts that don't carry a, an engineer, you know, people that you've heard of, lots and lots of R&B, lots and lots of Motown, probably mixed every freaking Motown act known to man in the 90s because none of them carried an engineer. Yep. You know, so I've got all that junk. And then, yeah, somewhere in like uh, 2000, 2005-ish, I sort of moved into doing corporate, which I enjoy doing by the way, uh, I didn't move into it because I sucked Weird. as a front of house music engineer. I did it because I actually like doing it and I still like doing it, which is, I know even stranger, like, how is that possible? But I actually really, I, um, couple, uh, gosh, maybe it's a couple months ago now, I actually, um, did a broadcast mix for the Her Festival in California, you know, which is a big, you know, music festival thing. And just the whole, like, you know, being backstage and like, you know, with the, the, the whole, the whole festival vibe thing is the truck was backstage. And, you know, so I was that whole thing. And it's like, well, this was, this is nice. And it's, but I don't really miss it. Like it's, it's fine. Like it's, it's, I did a lot of that stuff and I, I don't need to do it anymore. I'm fine with that. So That's awesome. And then most recently, uh, and why I say some of our audience should probably know who you are, you know, through the pandemic, you started up uh, the audio opinion show uh, on on YouTube, and you're over fifty some uh, sessions of those, um, and uh, that's that's some good stuff. So if you don't know what that is, check it out. Um, and if you want to be on it, you can be on it. You can sign up, and it's at your will. And it, the prerequisite is you have to have watched The Princess Bride. Though. So that's the only prerequisite. That's actually uh, true. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if, if you get on my show and you diss the princess bride, like disconnect, uh, you are, you are freaking off. But I, I literally like the pandemic started and I started, you know, it was one of those, we all were floundering out around, like, what are we going to do with our time? What are we going to do with, you know, how are we going to, you know, build community, do whatever. And I started the audio opinion show really as a total wink, wink, nudge, nudge inside joke, because the reality is that every audio person on the planet has some firm opinions about something that they are like, this is the way that this is, this is the way, this is the only way. SM81s are the only thing you can use for drum overhead mics. Everything else sucks. <laughs> you can only do a ride cymbal from underneath. Everything else sucks. Like, you know, it's, it's sort of in our DNA. So you know, so the whole idea was, well, we're just going to get together and share our opinions about crap and disagree about stuff and then see what happens at the end of it. And usually at the end of it, we all sort of go, yeah, I guess we all sort of agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, right. it depends. It, it's pretty much it depends. That's pretty much the answer to all the questions. Cool. All right, Michael, now you can you can have the floor. Well, that's wow. I feel like a like a senator or something. That's cool. <laughs> um, I think. Um, I kind of it's a good it's a good segue from the the, the sh your show that you were talking about Brian because if we think about the demographic of kind of the current generation of who's out there touring and working and the generation of like with the demographic of the next generation that's coming up on audio we're seeing some some shifts we're seeing some different faces you've done a ton of work to try to have that dialogue and to get more people involved and you've done some mentorship you're you're a mentor through our mentorship program you've done stuff through your your own avenues um, it seems like, I mean, that's something that's very near and dear to my heart because mentorship is really important to me and to what we're doing here with our community. But I mean, it seems like that's also something that's important for you. Did, did you have a mentor 
coming up? I mean, what, what made you so dedicated to that? I think, I think the reason that I am so dedicated to it is because I didn't have a mentor coming Mm. in, you know, like when I started in in the business, first of all, the business was like, I good God. Okay. If I say one more thing about how old I am, people are going to be like, is he dead? Is he near dead? Does he use well, a walker? So how did you keep warm but, before they invented fire? I yeah, mean, you want to go there? It's like, uh, but but I, you know, I, I started in, in in the business in the the eighties, really. Um, not you know, is when I really started getting into it, and um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't like. I didn't go to clubs. I didn't know anybody that did sound. I like. I, I knew nobody. I knew nothing. There was no internet. There was no way to like just learn stuff by googling. It was, you know, go to the library. And for those of you who don't know, it's a it's a big building with books. And if you don't know what a book is, it's a piece of bunch of paper. Put, and if you don't know what paper is, then Google it. Um, but uh, there was no other way to learn stuff. And I knew no one. And it was, I just remember that huge struggle of, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what books are like giving me good information versus terrible information. Yeah. The only thing I remember definitively actually really giving me good information is the venerable Yamaha sound reinforcement, you know, handbook or whatever it's called, which is sort of the classic. But other than that, there was, there was nothing. And it was just really learning lots and lots of what my, I, I actually got into the business for real, for real um, in my mid to late twenties. And I, got into it knowing absolutely no one just completely just kicking down doors until somebody finally let me in. And one of the ways that I did this was I just went through the yellow pages again, look it up Google it. It's a thing. Um, and found anything that had anything to do with audio, even remotely like, Oh, we make drive through systems. I don't care anything remotely that has to do with sound. And I made up this silly little resume that had almost nothing on it because I had done almost nothing. And um, did we just lose Chris? Uh oh. I feel like that's important. I feel like that's important. It wasn't me. (laughs) I feel like I feel like we need him. Maybe he'll come back. (laughs) Oh wait, 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 wait. Hold on. He's back. Hi, Chris. It's that's still wasn't me. Hi, buddy. Hi. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. How are you doing? I don't know. My computer's being a piece of shit tonight apparently or our browser <laughs> i don't know it's okay it's, it's all right i mean that's, that's, now you know how kyle feels man so he's had this he's, but the problem is is my account is driving the recording of this thing so that's the difference it's okay all right it's okay i've had it you'll be all right or we won't in case, in which case if we're not okay no one will ever hear this so right. let's, let's continue hey. <laughs> It's, it's, not, it's, not like I've, it's not like I've wanted to be on the podcast for like two years and i finally got in because somebody else canceled it's not like it's important to me it's like not like anybody cares. <laughs> not that I'm taking it personally or anything. I'm just saying. We're, I'll probably edit this middle part out. So if you want to rip on Chris a little bit more <laughs> yeah. before we continue, no, no, no. this I, is your. I, I no, leave window. it in. I want the one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> I need this for socials. Hold on. I, I, are, are you okay? Chris? For the record, I legitimately expected Brian to call me out for not having had him on yet, and that, and the fact that yes, for the record, we were supposed to have Paul Clemson tonight. Not calling him out. He had a, he had a, he had an obligation. He had to change plans for last minute. All good. We'll get him back. Uh, and I literally texted Brian Maddox two hours ago. Hey. Hey, what are you doing at 8 p.m. today? <laughs> are you are you are you bored? What do you want to do? You want to hang out? Uh, yeah, he's he's like I was going to push out this overhead projector right, and right, right, right. I got some transparencies. I need to you know work on some <laughs> some fold up screens. 
Uh, I don't know. Was I telling a story? Should I start it over? Do I care? I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. Well, you were talking about oh, kind oh, of like all I was the scrapping that you had to do to like get foothold. Right. Yeah, so I was telling. I was telling. Yeah. yeah. So I was. Yeah. So I, it was my kicking down door story. So basically, yeah, I. I looked for anybody that had anything to do with sound, and I, I threw together this little tiny resume that had almost nothing on it. But my cover letter basically said something along the lines of, I've basically blown up every amplifier you've ever seen, and I've managed to throw you know cones of speakers across the room and created more pops and buzzes than anybody could ever find just so I could figure out how to not do that in the future. And now I know how to not do that. <laughs> and that'll make me a good resource for you. And just because my cover letter was a little different than just the official, we want, I want to work for your, you know, I actually got some calls back, but to to go back, Michael, to what you were talking about. Um, I, I just remember how hard it was to, with no resources, no anything. And, and really how long it took and just getting that first foot in the door and then having the slightest idea what to do once I, I got my foot in the door. I was just talking to a friend a couple of days ago about this, but when I started in sound reinforcement in the early 90s, nobody was mixing front of house that was over the age of 45 because the industry hadn't been around long. I say no one, but very few people. Well, yeah, but you weren't 45. <laughs> you were you were 20. I mean, you know, um, and I, I remember it was hard to see, like, what's the career path? Like, when I get past 35, 40, there was no one. Uh, basically, if you were older than 40, you were an account rep working in an office. Like, there wasn't anybody, you know, and now I'm in my mid-50s and I'm still getting on airplanes and still pushing faders and still doing stuff. But there was no roadmap for that when I started out. So, so yeah, I am, I am, I am passionate about kind of sharing that, like helping the next generation to come up. I think, I think that's probably the thing that's, that is the most exciting for me in my career. Now I still do a lot of interesting things. I still do a lot of out of the box sound stuff. That's not kind of the traditional role that a lot of people think of when they think of fader pushers and, you know, mixing concerts. I do a lot of other different kinds of things. But I really do enjoy that that role of, um, you know, I, I was just on the phone, um, well, on a Zoom call with uh, one of my mentees today, and we realized that we've actually been doing this for like over a year. And I've seen this progression where she, she was she wanted to go in a particular direction in a particular way in her career and had no, like it was the, the route wasn't there yet. And watching her over the last year just making the little progress and then kind of, you know, checking in with me. I'm not the only mentor that she talks to, um, but just checking in and going, I think this is, this is working or I think this might work. Does, or she, whatever. does she fact check? Yeah, you? No, thank God. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I mean, it's just exciting to me. It's like, you know, I, I vicariously am living through this, you know, she's coming up and she's at this earliest part of her career. And, just, you know, it excites me that she has the resources of people and she has the resources of, you know, the internet and just all of these things. And I, it does excite me to see what, you know, what the next generation is going to bring to the table in our industry because, um, old farts like me are, 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 are dying out. The dinos are going away. 
you know, it's it's been um, it's sort of like a relative shifting of the whole uh, what is the current state of knowledge type of thing. You know, I, I mean, I was talking to Hannah today, and I think people who are regular listeners know that. I mean, she was someone who walked up to me at AES two or three years ago and was like, hey, I want to work for Rational Acoustics. And we worked really hard. And now she does. And she's she's an application support. And so we had a customer who had a certain type of microphone call in with a question. And we we're on the Slack talking about it. And I was like, oh, okay, with that mic, you know, here's three things, this, this, this. And she's like, I know, Michael. Like, those are things that, like, I remember two years ago explaining to her to help her understand these things that you had to realize when you're trying to use it. And and I'm just like, she's grown so much, and and she's going to hear this now, and I'm going to hear about it, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> and, and and so and, and someone like Sam, like so, Sam and Kat and Hannah and I went to Bob McCarthy's house <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, as one um, as one does. Let's go visit Bob. Um, but you know, there's sort of a generational like Bob is the G one and spends his whole career learning what he learns and someone like me come along and read his book. And now I have a 30 year head start. And my, my baseline for starting is the end of Bob's, you know, just a, accumulated knowledge. And then, so then Sam and, and Kat and the people that, that I'm trying to help learn these things, they are, their starting point is all of the experience that I've gained past what Bob has done. So it's sort of this amplification. I mean, the, what is it? The standing on the shoulders of giants, right? I think Sir Isaac Newton said that. Um, and that's, that's the real thing. So it's like, I, I, I'm, I can't imagine what Sam's generation is going to be doing in 15 years with this type type technology and what she's going to be teaching people. Um, and that's the exciting part for me is we're on this quest, particularly system engineering. We're, we're on a, we're on a quest to kind of chip away at, you know, closer and closer. It's a Zeno's arrow paradox, closer and closer to this perfection that you can't get. But seeing all this new cool stuff that's out there and the new techniques and new workflows and what people are doing, like, man, I'm here for that. You know, I really am. And, and Kyle, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but you and I have been talking a lot lately because what you're doing now is a, is a big shift for you from the work that you've been doing thus far in your career. And you've always interacted with system engineers and had conversations with systems engineers, but now you're the systems engineer. And so you're sort of on the other side of that. And you, you have a lot of context for what's happening and you understand all the principles at work, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, do, it's a new role for you, you know? So yeah, it's, and, and it's a learning process. So going back to what Brian said about the library and gaining knowledge, you've you got to think at some point that even the gaining of knowledge at our age in the 90s, early, mid-80s, whatever, was a lot of gatekeeping, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a legitimate job. Right. It really wasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, I've said in most of my interviews that I've done is is I've been trying to legitimize my career path to my parents for years and years and years. And the standing on the shoulders of giants things is great because of the technology advances. But working both sides of it now, I know what I'm good at. And now I have to work to get to that point and, and working through the technology advancements are the only thing that's holding me back from being excellent. And, and, and that's what I tell a lot of the people that will talk to me in a mentorship program is learn both sides of it. You know, if, if, if you want to play in a band, book a band. If you want to, if you want to be a touring engineer, work at a club and work for touring engineers coming in. I mean, do every side of the thing. That way, you know what people expect from you, and you know what you need to meet expectations of them. 
Sam and I talked about expectations on the, the last podcast that we did. And it was kind of enlightening because at the end of the day, the only expectations that we have are for ourselves because mm. this is a service mm. industry and we're, we're looking to serve other people. So it, the gatekeeping is kind of stopped and there's a wide open universe of people that are willing to share this information and we, we can drill it as much as we want, but the community is what's helping this. And, and I heard, I overheard this at the table on catering. We, we, we haven't talked about catering yet. So, um, <laughs> You know, one of one of the the ladies that works in production was like, they were talking about when when would you go back into time? You know, when would you travel back to do something? And she goes, "Wait a minute, I'm going to travel back as a woman. I I don't want to go back in time." Like, and, and and I thought about that and removed the sex or gender from it, and I was like, "Yeah." that would just be silly. Like, why would I want to go back in time? Like we're always working towards the future and then we're afraid of the death part, you know? So you got to take those not so literally and take them figuratively. And if you quit learning, you're, you're reaching death a lot faster than you are and, and don't travel backwards. Like there's no use for that anymore. We're always looking to improve. So that Dude. that's why this is such a, such a cool thing. I, I get confronted with that like in a very literal way because I've got, I don't know, 80 something articles on ProSun Web now. And, and Keith will pull one out that's a couple years old and put it in a daily newsletter. or And so I'll get emails all of a sudden. I'll get three emails in a week about some article that I wrote four years ago that I forgot about and no one has seen. You know, the dust gets brushed off of it. And then I got to go read it and figure out what the fuck I said because <laughs> I don't remember. And the other thing is, a lot of times I'm like, ooh, I, I would no longer do it that way. Because I've learned more things. I've innovated more things, right? So I think if four years later you're doing the exact same shit the exact same way and nothing has improved, like that's not a place I want to be. So on one hand, I don't I don't like getting these old articles in mind and going like, oh, no, I can't believe I said that. But on, on, the, on the other hand, that means that I'm moving forward and I'm developing. And I think for you, Kyle, you're sort of making a lateral move here. And like you said, you're you're now faced with a whole new tool set that you are not used to working with yet. But one of the things that you and I talked about a lot was, well, what do you have? You have a ton of experience listening critically. So you're a mix engineer. You know how to listen. So let's leverage that. Your job is is now to listen critically to the PA. So you can apply that when you walk and and you're going to learn the technology as you go. But you you already have a great set of tools that plays a really important role in the system engineering process, which is that you can listen critically and you can hear issues and you already are doing that. I mean, we I talked about some of the things to keep an eye out for, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I heard that." And so you are you have a lot of tools in your tool set that are going to help you do this job, uh, not only productively, but help you do do this job in a way that is comfortable with with the skills that you already have. And then you're just going to bolster that as you learn, you know, your likes and your smarts and all the all the other things that come along the way. Well, and you can't, you know, you can't stop moving forward. I mean, that's the thing. It's if there's if there's been one thing about my career that I actually am, I was going to say proud of, but that's not actually what I'm thinking. It's it's like that I'm grateful for is that I've had the opportunity to do this kind of ludicrously broad amount of different things, and right about the time when I start to get get one discipline really down, like okay, I've got this nailed. Right about the time that I start to get bored. Um, another opportunity comes along and I just kind of grab onto that. And, you know, I, 
you know, I, I've done a whole ton of webcasting stuff. I would have never thought that I would do anything like that when I was pushing, you know, big sound out of big black boxes, you know, webcasting. What the hell is that? You know, and now I, you know, I mix webcasts. I mix shows from my house right here that are happening in California. Like, like, what the hell is that? Like, who, who would have even thought that that was even a thing? And yet I, I've got one tomorrow I'm doing rehearsals for, um, you know, and I'm doing broadcast stuff. I'm in a, in a broadcast truck in a week and I like one was, I don't, and I've got a sports gig coming up. I have never done sports before ever. And I'm doing a, a, a freaking hockey game. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you, you, yeah, that. I know. Like, I want to do a sports broadcast. Well, and I've kind of wanted to do it. And so I just, it's one of those things like you just keep putting those feelers out there and you keep looking and you keep, and that's the one constant with my career is that I've always been looking for what's a, uh, you know, what's another thing that I can get in? What's another thing that I can learn? What's another thing that I can do? And I've probably now forgotten, you know, three quarters of what I did 15 years ago. I, I don't know that I necessarily would be the guy that you would want to throw out at front of house for a stadium show, even though I probably could have done that very easily, although that's where I met Chris. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, but then I've learned all this, all kinds of networking stuff and, and all kinds of like remote control stuff and, uh, you know, internet stuff and uh, video integration stuff. Stuff and just all kinds of let, weird, let, weird, weird things that I've I've managed to find a toehold into doing that are so interesting and so you know it keeps my brain always, always learning something new. And just about the time that I, I get settled is when I then find you know some other weird opportunity comes in front of me and I go, well, all right then, you know, I'll try that. I'll probably screw it up the first couple of times, but I'll give it a shot. Let's address the first bit of the yellow pages. How do we get this stuff? What stuff do we need? We never really talk about the stuff. Michael works for rational acoustics, which makes a program called smart. You should probably figure that out. Ease makes a thing called focus. You should probably figure that out. Lake makes a processor. Meyer makes a processor. Like, these are things that you can download to your laptop, PC, Mac, or whatever. But these are the bits that I think we never really get to. What are the things we need? Do you need Dante 3? No, you don't. One, one and two. One and, and two, one and two, yes. One and Three, two is only if you're an, uh, an absolute nerd or want to do actual IT work or really, really bored and want to pain your head. <laughs> if, if you have to, yeah, you know what? Again. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, I think it, this is I, important because sorry, I, this <laughs> is one of those things where it's it, we love to go like, well, yeah, it's not about it's not about the tools. Like a good engineer should be able to get you a good show. And and all it, that, there's a point in saying all that, but in a very real way, if you don't understand how to use your tool set, you're not going to do a good job, and you will probably be replaced with someone who does know how to use a tool set. So you can beat around the bush all you want, but at the end of the day. If your job involves using lake controller, you better know how to use lake control or figure how, out how real to, damn quick, you know? 
So let's do that. Let's go around this little room of folks we have and tell how we get to the bits. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about how does a kid in Des Moines, Iowa, find a mixing console that he can or she can go and mix on and figure out and not sit in front of a virtual computer? How can a person and, and that's back to what Brian said about the yellow pages, like how how do you get your hands on this stuff so you can actually get some physical interaction with yeah. things that you're going to need in the future if you want to pursue this career. Let's just not call it stuff and things that we've gained. Like, how do we get those bits? So my, well, my that's, first, that's my first recommendation question. there would be just about any decent production company or sound company. If you call them up and say, hey, I'd like some time on X console, this, that, and the other, as long as it's not on a show that's in their shop and they're not having to pay you, uh, then you most places be like, yeah, as long as this gear's in the shop, you can spend as many hours as you want as long as we're here on that piece of, on that piece of gear. Uh, if a shop doesn't do that, I probably wouldn't keep talking to them. Point blank. Yep. A live venue. Right, a but I'm venue, just saying, like, d- d- I would start there because yeah, also, yep. there's no pre- Oh, yeah, church was going to be my second option of, uh, of like, there are, and of all scales, right? I don't care if it's a, a 16 channel Mackie 1604 up to SSL, whatever, right? Like, the, you know, um, there's a, a whole wide variety there. Th- those two places would be um, the best places to get hands on experience. Um, and then, quite frankly, if, you're, ha- if you're hanging out in that, that shop, the production shop, um, and you want freelance work, they're likely going to pick you up to go do their shows before someone else's because they're going to see mm-hmm. that work ethic. That's how I got work when I was even full time at Maryland Sound. It's because every time a monitor engineer was prepping his, you know, let's go, let's go. I, I, I can, I can hang with Kyle and Brian a little bit. They were dropping their, you know, PM four Ks and thirty five hundreds and H three Ks, and we had to patch all of our DN three sixty EQs and all of our racks of compressors. Right, you patched all of that stuff in the shop and you checked every line you checked every driver anyway um so like and i was the one who was like hey can i zero your console can i do this can i do this uh and sam sam boone is the master of that because i she enjoyed it before she got there pulling channel strips i mean sam how did you go and start pulling bits out and start putting them back together i mean I think shops are a really great place to learn. I mean, I showed up and did an internship and walked in the room and I was a songwriting major. So I, the only thing I really understood was what an XLR was. And that was about it in terms of entire shop full of gear. So I, I actually like went through and I used to have this giant list on my phone of like gear. I didn't know what it was and I would go home and I would read the manuals. Yep. And I would just, I have a large number of manuals on my phone and laptops and just everywhere all the time. Um, And, and people would joke. And I was like the Google kid because someone would be like, well, how does this thing work? And so I would just pull up the manual and like, that's to this day what I do, or I just Google it because I think the most valuable skill you can have is being able to get the answer to your question in one Google search. Can, yeah, can and, and, and to know, oh, and to good. know, like the sorry, sorry, Chris, and to okay. know, like, you know, what, what's, what's, it's, it's one of those things where the more you do that, the, the, the better you become at knowing what's the good resource versus what's, yes. you know, and I, and I'm just gonna 
going to go ahead and throw this out there. Um, posting your question on a, a social media forum, probably not the best place to get your information. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that's probably not your number one spot with, with the um, asterisk. Our Discord is pretty damn good yes. at getting answers. I, yes. I, I will caveat that. I think our disc, I, I, our Discord is really strong for getting no, the right. But but hey, Smart's doing something weird, and you're going to wait six days for someone to answer you. You don't know who they are. You don't even know the answer is going to be right. You can pick up the phone right now and call the people that make the software yes. and get the right answer. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this, was asterisk. it's almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It, but it's almost an aversion to contacting the actual people who make the thing or, right. or getting it from the source. Like, I mean, I cannot tell you how big of a leg up you will have over everybody else if you read the manual for the thing you're about to use because nobody does. Nobody does. And you're going to know a whole bunch of shit. So there um, literally was, a, I was going to say, the there, manuals was are way there was better literally than someone we- who within the last week or so on Discord or whatever was like, hey, do you know about, you know, hey, who knows about X thing? And Michael's like, hey, have you read the manual yet? Oh no, I should check it. I, I mean, like, I, I I laughed because I'm like, like it, it's it's funny because for well, they it, they said, how do I? Do you have any tips for getting started with the Avantis? And I said, have you read the Avantis user guide? And they said, no. And I said, I would start by reading the Avantis user guide. And they said, okay, great. Like that's what it's for. Well, I, <laughs> they paid somebody to write that. Literally, like, are, are, are you like, familiar with RTFM? Yeah. RTFM is, is <laughs> should be your mantra. Read the freaking Michael's manual. job right now. And, Right, Michael's job right now is writing the Smart Nine manual. Right, like like Michael said, they pay people who know what the heck they're doing to write these things in a fashion where you. I mean, I tell you what, these the, the Smart Eight and Seven, whatever manuals. And Michael, who who was the guy who wrote? Um, the, Calvert Dayton wrote a good chunk of that, and Jamie and Chris. Holy cow! These Smart manuals. Yeah. Are the some of the most well written manuals of any manufacturer or uh, pieces of gear? It is. Fin- are you holding a doorknob? <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. As, as one weird. does. Chris, what's the weirdest thing with our? <laughs> and, and I just, I just, I, I just do want to, I want to go on record to Sorry. say it's a literal knob for a door. In case you it's thought, actual in case you thought yeah, that was half. some sort of weird, my, like you know, euphemism. No, he's it literally is holding a, a doorknob. doorknob. My, 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 do- my daughter, my daughter kept locking herself in her room, and and my wife was having a hard time getting it off one day, and so. Uh, and I had I pulled it off, so my daughter's door doesn't have a doorknob on it right now. So that's what this is. So anyway, but it's a very very strange just version. The entire door Ma- it's a very manuals are written way better. Uh, well, going back to what Brian said about the 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 Yamaha man, it was written by an electrician in a different w- nomenclature than audio people would ever think about reading or comprehending. Manuals now are written for us Mm -hmm. and it's a lot different reading a manual or even going to a youtube to watch a a development video on on a product and the cool thing about it is is once you read enough and you do enough studying you can tell when manufacturers are lying and uh so instead of being brand specific you can actually read things and research things and be like oh that's that's a marketing thing that's not an actual thing and that that's why when some people are like oh i use x brand black boxes all the time they're great and they're so linear 
it's like, did you watch the marketing video for that? Like, <laughs> Right. But here's the thing I do want to point out. Like if you've read the manual of the user guide and then you go into the shop or you go in to a venue or wherever you can go to get your hands on the gear, that is so much more valuable because you already have a basis or a basic level of understanding. You're not just standing there going, what does that button do? And Michael, it's the same thing you talk about all the time, like going through smart data and practicing reading the data, even if you're not just capturing it. That way you're getting used to it and understanding how everything works. So when you go out and you actually have to do it, you're not trying to figure out what you're looking at and how to do your job at the same time. You you are part of the first generation that had YouTube videos for a lot of the gear that we're talking about. Do you reference that? a lot as well if you can't get to the manual? Absolutely. Um, I prefer manuals I personally. I, I like books better than videos. I'm a words person. Um, but I have worked with text. I'll pull up the manual and they'll pull up the YouTube video and we'll stand beside each other and I'll skim and find the section and then we'll watch the video on it and then we go try to figure it out. <laughs> I also think I mean, there's a way to like, so, Silvana, one of the, the young women I met at uh, Outside Lands Festival, she's through the, the Women's Audio Mission. You know, there was like four or five of them. We've kept in touch, and yeah, I hear from them once in a while. And um, Silvana was really interested in a lot of the stuff that uh, I put her in touch with, with uh, Greg and Brad over at Diablo because she lives very close to their shop. And I just said, hey, she's super interested in what you guys are doing. Can the other can Brad. she just come and take a look? Yeah, the other Brad. Um and <laughs> so the other Maddox, I don't know Maddox. Some other Maddox. Nobody important. Come on, Chris, you're ruining it. I was making a um, joke. So <laughs> it didn't work. So she goes over and she meets Greg and she and she gets a tour and he just got back from Metallica and so his whole Metallica control rig was set up there and she got to see all of that and how the consoles laid out and everything and he says to her. Come back anytime you want, and you can use this console. So there's an, you know, the S6L, the full deal, which most people don't have a situation where they just walk right up to those anytime they want. You know what I mean? That's exactly what you're talking about, Kyle. Like, how do you get how you get your hands on this thing? So, so Greg says, "Yeah, come back anytime you want, and you can use this desk." And she goes, "Okay, great." And she goes back the next day. Word. Nice. That's the thing. And it's I was like, like, do it, I and then love do that. it, and then. Yeah, and then actually do it. do it. Have have the hunger. A lot of what yep. everything we're talking about at the end of the day, it, there's not any different. You know, I was I gave my little story at, at, about how I kicked doors until I finally opened one up. It was all about I'm going. I am going to learn this. Like I am going. It, I am going to keep doing this until I until it moves. And. I'm going to take every opportunity I can. And so, you know, you guys talk about it all the time, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, having that hunger for, I want this, I want this, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do this. You know, I'm also a, a user manual person and I got my first gig at a real sound company and they had a file cabinet, like five drawers front to back full of every manual gear that they had gear that they didn't have anymore, whatever. And it, like three months all I did, I, I took a manual home. All I did when I was not at work was I was reading the manual for every piece of gear, regardless of whether I thought I'd ever use it, regardless of whether, because I had found the Holy Grail because I couldn't Google mm. it because there was no Googles. And like within six months, I was still the shop guy. I was still soldering XLR cables within six months. Word got around that Brian is the guy who knows how the gear works. <laughs> 
Like, I mean, seriously. And, like, you know, account reps would come back and say, so I've got this show going out and I, I need to do this thing and this thing and this thing. The only console we have to send out is the, is the 3,500. Will that do that? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. You could, you know, you could use the sub ins and go into this way and you know, whatever I would, you know, I would know because I had like digested all of the information. I still had not mixed on the console. I still, you know, that was the next step was then, Hey, let's just let this guy go out on shows and, and push some faders around. And then, you know, learning all the situational stuff and everything else. But, you know, having that hunger for, and I still do it. I read console manuals. I'm currently going through the Ravage manual because I have to be on one in three days and I've never been on one before. It doesn't stop. Like, you know, you still, and bringing up the editor and playing with the editor and, you know, how's this thing structured and how's this thing going together? And, but it all comes down to just have the hunger to do it. The opportunities are there. There's a sound. Oh, but the, you know, the closest sound shop is two hours from my house. Well then, get in the car and drive two hours and <laughs> spend the day in the shop. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's, you know, the res- the resources are there. And if you make those trips, if you have that hunger, you will absolutely go somewhere. Like they, people will see that very quickly and go, this is a differentiator. This is somebody who was going after it. And so this is, this is the person I'm going to bring on as the, f- fifth person on this gig or the, you know, the extra, Mm. extra hand or whatever. And that's how everything I, I it's, it is not an exaggeration to say that I owe my career to being voracious about every piece of information I could get when I first started. And then I very quickly became known as the guy who knows things and everything opened up after that. It, everything just, you know, it became, Oh, he's, he's the guy who knows things. And <laughs> so maybe we should give him a shot, you know, Oh, maybe we'll let him, you know, he says he can mix this show. Let's, let's see, see how he does. Oh, he says he can, you know, tune this PA. Let's see how he does. And, you know, nice. and here we are. I mean, that's something I don't think is we've talked about, at least I've talked about. So I live 90 minutes away from the shop I worked at uh, yeah. for my very first like real audio job. And I would drive 90 minutes into work every day for a year and a half that sounds terrible it kind of was (laughs) not even gonna lie it was not great but i inadvertently would work late to miss traffic or things like that Mm -hmm. and it really paid off and people knew that i drew like really wanted to be there and that got me further than anything else I, I have a comment, but Kyle leaned in really close to his webcam, so I feel like he has a comment he wants to make. Kyle, what you got, buddy? I farted. Oh, okay. And, that, and, and that, was, that was your attempt to get away from it? Is that what that was? <laughs> no, he, he had to lean forward so oh, the air was, was up leaning. behind him. It, it, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you, you gotta oh, lean. No. Yeah. It was a so, leaner. <laughs> no, I, I, what I was going to say is, is, you know, I'd love to get into the corporate AV bit yes, of it. Because, that's where I wanted to go. Um, I think... I think that there's a different approach getting into that as well. I mean, if there's a hotel, if they have ballrooms, if there's a convention center, if the, you know, a high school, a a theater, all these things kind of lead back to the corporate AV thing. And and we don't really touch on that. A lot of it is rock and roll based and, and music production or entertainment production. So those are things that, 
I, I don't typically think about either. And there are a lot of production companies out there that are, are corporate AV. You know, um, we've had someone on the show, Ford, um, it, it, Chris with IMS, like uh, Bob at Iron Man in St. Louis. There's there's a ton of people that their business is corporate AV. And that doesn't mean you're going to be doing boardrooms all the time and you got to learn how to work an auto mixer every show. You might even have a, a, a bad disco cover band at the end of your dentist. Or it event, might be the Pope, you know, you know what, I mean, that's, the- yeah, it might be the Pope. Or, or- <laughs> now, then now, now, now you're talking crazy talk, Chris. I can't, <laughs> like, the Pope, like, like, uh, yeah. like who, how would that ever happen? I'm not sure. Explain to, explain to me how you would ever have anything to do with the Pope. I don't know. Like, so what I, is that all about? I, I, I walked onto well, this. Talk about a leading question. I, I, wa- I walked <laughs> yeah. on, I walked onto this job site at the you know, independent center of Philadelphia. Uh, and here's the, the, this guy and, uh, you know, as chill as could be. And I was like, man, this guy, uh, this guy's kind of cool to work with. Turns out it was Brian Maddox. Um, turns out and- it was Brian Maddox. That was, that was the leading, <laughs> that was the leading part of, so we could get, get into, Pope. but no, that's where I'm, I'm, it's, I, I, it's just, so this is, uh, you know, one of my things now is, Hey, hey! Do you, you, ever, you ever heard of the Signal Noise podcast? Yeah, man, I listen to it all the time. You know that guy, Chris Leonard? Yeah, man, he's really cool. He was my A two. <laughs> it's like it's like my great go to line. He was my A two. <laughs> Social media legend <laughs> yes. was A two. When we were at CFX, I kept going up like to the people running the. You check in, you get your credentials, and I was. Uh, I kept. I was like, "Yo, he's a big deal on the internet." I kept saying that to people, and he's <laughs> like, "Stop saying this. Yes, he's a big deal on the internet." <laughs> I uh, there's a visibility aspect of this because step one is learn what the fuck you're interested in. Right. Learn how it is. Learn how it works. Um, step two, though, is like that doesn't saying I want to work for rational acoustics, like sitting there and studying the smart manual doesn't make rational acoustics call you up and hire you. Right. There's another element to this, which is the visibility of the people that you're trying to get in with and in, in those professional circles. Um, and that is the part where the mentorship really pays the dividends. I think yep. um, just yesterday I got, you know, I got an email from a young man uh, in college and he was like, really interested in this and i've like read all your articles and i've read bob's book and he's like i i get it all i just need to get into it now and i was like i'm going to tuna shed on tuesday why don't you come with me you know and so what happens is the people that are hiring me for these things see him yep and meet him and so you're just dipping your toe in to the you know i mean that's what we did with hannah was she wants to work fast she's like okay come to every class and she showed up for months it was like the guy in the office space movie who gets fired and he stays there like she just kept coming to classes to the point that jamie was like she can come to whatever she wants yeah like just let her do you know let her come to as many classes as she wants don't take any more of her money like just it's just putting yourself in on the radar i mean literally being in front of these people um you know, it's the same thing with with Sam. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we can talk about your gig yet. What Sam, a, can we talk knock, about your gig? I knock yourself out. Well, yeah. All right, we're good. That's well, so- hold on. What what are you gonna say, Chris? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I'm 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 being conscious of time oh. and and the fact that I I want to talk to Brian we, about a few things that he does, but it's it's okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I I've appreciated Brian's thoughts on this matter thus far. These fifty four minutes have been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh, but no, just just briefly speaking, like 
I, I mean, the, the the reality, like, so I I turned down a couple of tours in the last couple of weeks. So the problem that I've opened the Pandora's box of now people know that I will leave the house for an appropriate sum of money, and so now people are calling me right. And I and for everything you take, you're going to turn on a couple other things. So the next step is they go, well, who can you recommend? Right. And so obviously the fact they wanted to hire me means that my recommendation will carry some weight. So this is a great opportunity for those of us who are already in these circles to start getting these new folks in there. And it's no longer this kind of boys club of just the people you already know are going to get it. Like um, I I was asked to recommend someone. I, I said that I didn't want to go to Europe with Volbeat and that I said, okay, well, can, who can go for you? And I gave a couple of names and Sam was one of the names that I gave. And Production management said, we'll have her come out to a show. We want to see if she's cool. And apparently they liked her because she's going to Europe with Volbeat now. So those are the things that, you know, it learning the stuff, know what the fuck you're doing. We talk about being a cool hang, but then it's like be on the radar enough that you, you know, people are used to seeing you and they've talked to you and they feel that you're, I mean, and let's be real. I mean, our production manager asked one question. Is she cool? Not, is she qualified? Not, can I see your resume? The question was, is she cool? Because it's very much about, like, I mean, Chris, you talk about this all the time. <laughs> the show is 90 minutes. You got to be on a fucking bus with these people for 22 hours a day other than that. You know what I mean? Or just, they better be cool hang. Yep. So it's just about being what? in that environment and letting people see your face and hear your voice and, and just being a team player, right? I, I, I joked about it when I said about the Pope thing about, you know, Brian being cool. But I mean, quite frankly, <laughs> that's, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Brian is like, I just want to be around Brian. Like it doesn't have to, yeah. you know, like it's not a, it's not about like, <laughs> I mean, yes. Can he, <laughs> uh, but that's no, uh, Ryan O'John said that before. And, and we, it's been, it's been episode episodes and episodes since we dropped his name. But when I was like 19, I said, Ryan, how do you get all these gigs? And he goes, I'm okay. Mixer. He said, but I'm the kind of guy that people like to be around. He said, when I come into the room, people are happy to see me. Yeah. And that's bang, nail on the head. So just you want to be in the element and be cool. It's just, I mean, like every one of Brian's responses to, you know, in a corporate, there's a lot of decisions to be made in terms of of connectivities, of to's and from's between Video Village and this, or um, uh, there's a lot of opinions to appease and aesthetics to take care of my, like, and Brian's attitude to all of that is so laid back and like i'll just take it for what it is you know like for instance you know um brian does uh, my largest show every year right it's a ten thousand person general session in, in a convention center uh and in corporate perspective that's a very big show um and you know and I come to Brian, I'm like, we're like, Hey, how, you know, how do you want this tuned? How do you want this or whatever? He's like, look, I'll never forget his statement. He was like, he's like, you guys build the race car. I'll drive it. It was like, <laughs> mind blowing. Like, okay. Like this is all, you know, like that's, uh, whereas other people could be, you know, all up in it and, and, and whatever. And just other, other things come like that too. But I'm curious, Brian, uh, for you, uh, were you always, have you always been laid back? Was that a learned thing to go with the flow and, and that, or did, how, how does, how has that maybe progressed for you through your that is That's actually a super great question. I think it really does go to like that whole, like, you know, he's a cool hang kind of thing. I don't know that I'm necessarily the, the person that everybody's like, dude, man, I just want to spend time on the bus, like, like playing video games with this guy. He's great. Like, I don't know if I'm that guy, but my personality is lends itself very much to 
the higher the pressure gets, the calmer I get and the more focused I get and the less I like throw things up in the air and get wound up about them. And I've leveraged that. Like that's my personality. That's my natural. But I have also intentionally leveraged that as okay, I'm not necessarily the guy that's always going to go out to the bar every night and hang out for four hours. Like, that's just not, that's not my gig. That's not who I am. But if you're looking for the guy that literally, you know, half the building is on fire and, you know, everybody's losing their mind and freaking out, the guy who's just keeping it under control, everything's fine, push the faders, make the sound go, you know, this this gig that, that Chris is, is referring to, we've had some really interesting <laughs> things happen in the middle of the big show, some of them technical, some of them personal. personal. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Chris, Chris could tell some stories, I could tell some stories. Probably and at not. the end of the day, it was, well, it's still happening. This gig is still live and keep pushing the faders, keep doing the thing, you know? And, uh, but like I said, it's a part of my personality, but I've also intentionally like played off of that, which works really well in a corporate environment because the pressure level and the heat level in most high-end corporate stuff, which is my specialty, most high-end corporate stuff is very hot. Like everyone is spending a lot of money, Oftentimes, this is the only event they do every year. They've been planning it for an 11 and a half months. This is their, literally their career is on the line if this gig does not go well. And they're already like ready to, you know, just catch on fire. And you have to be the one that like counterbalances that and, and make sure that everything is, you know, calm and cool and we figure it out and roll with it and what matters and what doesn't matter and, you know, pick your battles and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, uh, the, the overall lesson, if you will, is not so much, um, keep you calm under fire. It's what are your strengths in your personality? What Mm. are the things that, you know, you naturally do well and then look for ways to leverage that to like, oh, you're naturally naturally a gregarious person. Like you hang, like hanging out with people, then leverage that, and because that makes you a good hang, it makes you the kind of person. It doesn't matter whether you're in corporate or or rock and roll or whatever. Like people like those kinds of people. Or right. if you're a calm person, or you're you know just look for ways to leverage the things that you already the the talents that you already have that may have absolutely nothing to do with making good sound. Love it. Sam, why don't you uh, why don't you hit your question? All right. So, what do you wish you knew when you first started? Man, I'm looking for some great line. I got nothing. I'm looking for like the the funniest joke of the whole podcast. I'm like, I'm, I'm, oh god, there's got to be a great line in here somewhere. Um. Uh, I do have a real, actually, actually serious answer, which is I wish I knew and understood how many different roles you can have in the sound business. Yes. How many different careers, how many different career paths you can have. I have had a great 30 years. I have done unbelievably bizarre, interesting, crazy things. Been in the Vatican half a dozen times with the Pope. I've done so many Pope shows. It's like, 
I'm the Pope guy. Um, yeah, I, I've done so. They're like, they're like, what's up, Brian? Like, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, good, 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 good to you. Um, you know, and uh, but I, I mean, found myself in all these like crazy. How did I get here? What am I? You know, super, super interesting stuff that has nothing to do with mixing a band in, in, into big black boxes. There's nothing wrong with that. I did lots and lots of that. And it's cool. Like doing that is cool, but there are so, so many other directions your career can go in. And I wanted so desperately to be a touring engineer and I missed my shot a couple of times, you know, barely missed the phone calls kind of things. It just didn't kind of work out. And I remember being really disappointed by that. And I look back now and I go, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because I know now, in retrospect, looking back, that being on the road, doing the same music every night, no matter how cool the band is, no matter how much I like the music, no matter how much I like the people, I that's not my wiring. It's not. Like, I would be bored out of my mind after a month. I know that about myself now, but I wanted it so bad, and I was so focused on it, and then was disappointed when it didn't happen, and then all these other things opened up, and... I found myself with a, uh, you know, really interesting career doing a lot of really interesting and kind of mind bending kind of problem solving and weird routing. And, uh, you know, the, the gig that Chris mentions, there's 32 podiums spread through that 10,000 person crowd, all of which have microphones on them and all of which have to be made live with, within a two second window of them being called on. And, oh, all that has to time align in a room that's, impossibly big so if you turn the delays to the right so you know you have to have the microphones in the room not delayed but then the pa from that it's crazy like it's it becomes so much more complicated and so much more interesting to me then I'm going to put up a couple of line arrays and, and mix a band in it like there's nothing wrong with that it's cool lots of people yeah. love doing that but I love the problem solving aspect of oh crap and we figured that out on site. We figured out we had a problem after we got there and put all the PA up. And then we had to, how do we solve this with what's here? Which to me is also the the most fun thing is how do I solve this weird problem with what I have in the truck? And we solved it with the person whose episode should come out next week. And that's Aram. So yes. that's, that's how we solved that. But anyway, yeah. throw uh, it at Aram and let him fix it. Um, pretty, pretty good plan. Yeah. I I will say one thing that we you and I recognize early on at the Pope gig and then at this other gig we do is yours and mine's infatuation with the aesthetics of a um of a of the lectern microphone. <laughs> detail, detail, detail. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, like, yeah, we're we, you know, I, I think, uh, but some of that is how many presidential gigs have have you done? A bunch. You know, how many presidential gigs have I done? A bunch. You know, how many things have I done where it, there's a camera going in f- to 10 million people and all they're looking at is somebody's face and the freaking microphone. So the way the microphone looks, p- pretty damn important. Like, you yeah. know, that's becomes the gig and, and it's, you know, distracting if it ain't right. And like we legit those, spent a couple hours working on the podium at NEA, um, like tearing it apart, reconstructing the podium to get it, the, the flange in there just right. I mean, like it was, yeah, it, it was spent some time there. So anyway, how many, that's funny you say that because I see so many social media posts on, Hey man, who, what, what is this microphone they're using? And it's a picture of a podium. Like 
at least once or twice a month on every live sound thing, someone's sending a message. And I think that's very relevant because there's a lot of people asking questions about that. And you guys might've coined the thing, you know, uh, before they just put an orange foam cap on it and everyone was like, Oh, it's a Mr. Microphone. Move on. Next. Well, and the, you know, you not, know but, I mean, not to beat the, the horse until it's completely dead, but how much time have we spent obsessing over the perfect kick drum sound? Like how much forum space, how much podcast space, how, how much everything has been spent on the perfect kick drums sound? Well, Longer than four minutes you're doing it wrong. When, when, uh, yeah, I agree with that. But anyway, um, people think that like when you get, when you do corporate, it's, you know, oh, you just throw a couple lavaliers in and throw an auto mixer in and turn it on and sound. It's like, no, I am absolutely as obsessive about making my lectern mic sound amazing and even and perfect and transparent and, you know, having a panel discussion and have it just be natural. Like you just hear people talking and you don't, you can't even tell there's microphones and like there is absolutely as much art to, to that as there is getting that perfect, you know, smash you in the face, kick drum sound or whatever other thing, you know, audio related that you're, that you're obsessing on. And it's just as interesting. And it's, it's just as much fun. Like it really like legitimately is. And I'm a musician. People can't see me, but I, I have guitars in the back and I look like an old gray haired guitar player. That's, that's, I got the long hair. I got the whole thing, but I still totally get off on doing, you know, getting that perfect podium mic setting for just that, that thing and having it just like be dialed in and work and not have any problems. I, I think you would be an awesome sport. You would be an awesome spokesperson for people at convention centers hiring AV people for $10 an hour and thinking that's okay. That's not okay. And and I think that's a problem in your industry is people don't see the relevance in what people do with a lectern mic or lavaliers or not being able to be in front of the PA or you can't be seen. Like let's address that next time is like, why aren't, AV people paid. You work at a hotel ballroom. The electrician makes more money in 10 seconds hooking up your power than the person that has to sit through some dental convention and make sure that everyone hears somebody's stupid fucking lab that they don't know how to use. (laughs) Like that's way more important than anything that we've talked about on this podcast tonight. It's not a $10 an hour job. It's not. It's a, it takes skill. Like if you put me on one of those things now, I'll have trouble with a love or people that don't know how to use a handheld. And it's a whole industry of people that think they know the right way. But at the end of the day, usually the person who's doing the sound has a process that they have to go through. So their day is not a nightmare, you know, and that's not a 10 hour an hour job. It's not. And they need to quit posting it on LinkedIn that we're looking for AV people for this convention hall and not pay these people to do their job correctly it like almost gives you a bad name because you come in and do it right and then you leave and then these people that need help and need to advance in their career are not paid for what they're worth and i think that's bullshit well i i mean i agree kyle there's a a client i had that's as much detail i was going to give (coughs) <coughs> where it's Sorry, it's a fucking soapbox it's 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 a no yeah i mean you're not wrong it's a corporate thing talking head challenging space 
you're dealing with a presenter who wants to put their own mic on, doesn't know how mics work, dealing with event organizers who take it upon themselves, despite the fact that they're administrators, to choose what type of microphones will be used. And I go, that's not going to work. That's not the right type of microphone for this. And they go, oh, you'll figure it out. And I go, no, no, thanks. I'm good. And I pass on the gig and it's fucking nightmare. Because it would have been a fucking nightmare either way, because you wouldn't let me put my RF paddles up and you wanted to put them in a fucking closet. And so they have to go through concrete. Like I'm there's no way I'm going to get good results because someone who has no idea the ramification of any of these decisions has made them. And you yep. cannot just replace operator, press any key and have that be good. You fired your sound guy. It wasn't it wasn't the guy who was mixing it before me. It was the fact that you told him he couldn't do any of the things that you hired him to make those decisions. So exactly. And and I think that needs to be addressed. Yeah, that 100%. needs to be addressed with with that community. I applied for a job, and the dude said I was not qualified for the job. And they, I know people that work there, and their AV department is a nightmare because they just try to get someone in there as cheap as possible to do their events and stuff, and then they wonder why there's it sounds like garbage, and it's not professional, and. It, it it's like quit uh, downgrading that position. It's fucking hard to mix a bunch of people sitting on a panel in a boardroom so everybody can understand. And then they capture it so they can send it out to the rest of their community. And it sounds like garbage and, and it's half-assed product, you know, and it's because what they spend on it, you know, they, they have the money to do it. They have the money to do it correctly. And I'm not saying there's businesses out there that don't do it correctly, but more likely than not, at the <laughs> local convention center, the AV person on staff gets stuck with a ton of stuff that's not job specific for a very, very shitty amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Chris, do you have anything else you wanted to hit? Because we're shorter up against the Yeah, we are. I'll, I'll hit my, my last question here, and we may make an edit there before <laughs> this thing gets released. But anyway. I'm mad, <laughs> Brian. I'm on, your, I'm on your team, bro. Well, if well, you need to go beat people well, up or well, whatever. Well, well and, and, and see, I'm, you know, this is totally, totally edit. edit but I, I was thinking the whole time, I'm just like, um, okay, I, I hear you. I very, very much hear you at the same time. Um, the difference between the results that you get with that $15 an hour person and me is how I pay my mortgage um, and, and, you know, how I pay my bills. And, uh, you know that my I do fine, um, and it's because uh, you know there's lo- there's lots of people out there that try to get by with without having it, and you know there is a difference. And then you know when when you find the client that cares enough about it, and then they're presented with the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I mean, you know, IMS is is I I work for them uh, fairly regularly, and they are fine with how much money I, I charge because I get the job done and I get the result that they want. Like that's, you know, the end of the day, um, you know, if you want to talk about this in a very general way, um, you're, you are worth what you're worth. What difference do does it make if they're hiring you versus hiring someone else, make the difference worth the difference and people will pay you for it. And, you know, that has been something that I have learned, you know, the the, kind of the hard way because I was, I was someone who kind of undersold myself for a long time. Uh, I had one client who literally like upped my day rate for me. He's like, 
everyone else is charging more than you. This is stupid. I'm paying you more money. Um, but, uh, you know, know your, know your value. I mean, this is something that the, that you guys talk about on this podcast all the time, but it's like, you know, increase your value. I .e. make it that when they have me here on the show site, things change, things are better, things are different and then know your value and, and stick to it. And you can cut all that out. Cause yeah, I want to, we're going to do an yep. edit there. So I'll ask my question and we'll paste that in and then we'll go anyway. So. So, Brian, if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? Uh, that's another one that would be a great, you know, if you gave me these ahead of time, I could come up with great, like, little, you know, Hollywood Square one-liners. You listen to the podcast once, <laughs> you know that this has happened Damn. these Damn, are the couple of years. <laughs> well, you know. I'm mad. I'm hot. Oh, man. Brutal. Oh, man. I have been called <laughs> I'm so out. mad I fucked up Chris Leonard's internet. <laughs> oh, I got Damn, called Chris. out. He left. I got called out. <laughs> I haven't even I I haven't smoked weed in like five days. <laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> Man, you you broke you broke my thing again. It's Kyle's wrath. It did <laughs> triggered. Dude. Oh my god! I, but now, now I actually do remember that that is the question you you ask. I just haven't listened to the podcast in a while, so now I do feel really stupid. Okay. Um, uh, do you want to? Uh, is do you have enough? Can I just answer it? Yeah, answer it. Okay. Yeah. Um, my legacy, man. I, I just would. I just want to. I just want my legacy to be. He was awesome to work with, and he knew what he was doing. Like, just really basic, and and I think also. So I, there's a long story and we don't nearly have enough time to tell it, but, uh, I had, uh, when I was a little younger, I had somebody that I was kind of training up in, 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 in the business and then they went off to school and then they came back and then they basically, you know, started doing, uh, the same kind of work that I was doing. And I, I remember asking them at one point, you know, like, you know, what, what made the decision for you to even get into this business in the first place? And, and he said, because I wanted to be like you. Like I wanted to do what you were doing and like, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if I can influence someone to, they helped me, they, they helped me get the, that foot in the door. They helped me kick my way in. They helped me, you know, they gave me the, 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 the leg up that I needed to, to, to go to the next level. I mean, that would be that would be super, super extra, extra credit. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I, I appreciate uh, your time and look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. Oh, right. Are you guys going to hang out with the Pope again? Yes. Yes. It's uh, no, totally not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get a picture of Brian in his hat. Oh, that would be, that would be classic. Be like Pope, Pope. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll send I'll send you guys later a, a text. So the Pope gig that we did do though, so it was it was super happened to be super windy, um, and uh, and the Pope I'm I'm gonna butcher this. I don't know what he actually wears, but it's like this cape like thing, right? And so and the wind blew it up, and he basically looked like a velociraptor um, <laughs> behind the lectern, and. Um, it was quite comical. Um, and, but the cool thing was, is I was Brian and I shared a picture to each other. Cause I was still proud of how clean my podium microphone looked in that picture that yeah, went man. viral with memes and everything. So yeah, if you, if you Google Pope Velociraptor, it comes up in the very first image. I yeah, mean, that's it's, true. That's it's, true. it's literally, you just like, Oh, that, that was our gig. Yeah. It was our gig. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. I I was happy to be here. It was a good. It was a good hang. Yes.